Welcome to Freight Waves Live, an events podcast. I'm Tim Dooner, and this is the show where we bring you back to past Freight Waves events, take you inside of upcoming events, and capture the moments and keynotes from top thought leaders in logistics, freight tech, business, and media. I'm here with Arlen Stark. He is the mastermind of events around here. And today, we're talking about what makes an exceptional conference. Thanks, Tim. Glad to be on again. So you do all of the planning behind these shows, and this is what event is uh, Freight Waves Live Chicago now for you? For me, it's number three. Wow. Does mm. it get easier? <laughs> no. I mean, we continually increase the scope, make it more badass and awesome than the last one. Yeah. Which makes it fun. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier. Well, I'll start with that as a leadoff. So Transparency 19 Atlanta was my first event. It was a three-day event. Freight Waves Live in Chicago is just two days. Some people might think that that makes it easier. No. But I know I was going to say, like Mark Twain once penned, I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. So how has your planning and strategy changed when you have one less day and you have to sort of compress and get all of these people who want to be on stage, speak, and be featured into a smaller box? Yeah, great question. I mean, the easy answer is add more stages. I yeah. mean, the, basically, I'm thinking of this as a, a dual, triple, actually, now main stage rock concert where you've got awesome main acts going on at several different locations. And ultimately, it's up to the attendees to pick and choose what they want to see live. And if they miss something, well, the good news is, is we live stream everything. And we also post all the content out post. So even if you were there and missed it, you can actually still experience what really happened digitally. So I was um, very, I was, I was very happy to read a suggestion on Twitter that someone made to Craig Fuller last night. And they said, there should be less panels. Craig was complaining about panels. <laughs> there are no panels. And there should be way more live podcasts on stage at these shows. And we're seeing way more and more. At, yep. at Transparency 19, it was fun. We It was a little bit more like get reactions from people, have people come in the booth, mm -hmm. anybody who's demoing, see what they have to say. This year, one last day, a lot more structured. Everything's planned, but we have an entire live stage. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that thing's awesome. I and mean, we basically built a custom, think of it as an ESPN game day style desk Yeah, with an awesome LED wall. I mean, everybody, if you haven't been paying attention we obviously love our leds yeah um and it's going to be running pretty much every day all day just like the other two two main stages i mean the fascinating thing is even though it's two days i'd argue we're cramming four days of content into two which is awesome i mean the the caliber of speakers that we've got on whether it's the live set you know the main stage or in the forum is is awesome i mean companies you know jb hunt 360 to to maersk to our own ceo craig fuller i mean some really high profile companies some cool startups 56 rapid fire demos it's gonna be awesome i mean people who have been following the what the truck podcast and chad and myself we're we're emceeing the live stage we're doing what the truck a bunch of our other shows from there introducing other people's shows but you've seen us live and at, at events and what one thing people love at other conferences when we're there is that I think aside from being a keynote, having a 10-minute interview on what the truck is more than they get to speak in any other format at these shows because everything yeah. else is panels and they get, what, like four minutes of conversation in. Yeah, if that, because a lot of times the moderator sometimes wants to have a say and, you know, depending on how many people you have on the panel, it can be anywhere from two to four people plus a moderator. And frankly, it's just people agreeing with each other and, yeah. you know, you, you get perspective and you get notable brands, but... You're not really providing fresh content. And what I'd say is true thought provoking, like critical thinking level, like skill level, just perspective. And that's a big reason why we stopped doing panels is 
I've been to events. I hear Craig say it all the time. Like, hey, I was at this event and like you've got these powerful brands on the same panel, people that, you know, are worth the ticket price alone to see speak. Yeah. And you get nothing out of it other than what you heard at the previous conference, because it's just the same dog and pony show and script. And, and that's fine. I get, you know, corporations have, you know, especially publicly traded companies like they got to stick to the script. But I think if you if you mix up the format a little bit, even as subtly as some of the ways we do it, it enhances the attendee experience. They're live. It enhances the speaker experience. I think they have more fun. And that just innately and organically gets something fresh out of them. They don't even know what's going on. Yeah. So we just ironed out that 12 o'clock hour of what the truck and yep. you talk about panels, talk about blockbuster people oh. on stage. This is just and this is there. It's no downgrade being on this live stage. It's going to oh, be live. Gosh, no, it may have the widest audience of any of the stages just because of the type of content, and the type of built in audience it has. And we're talking people from Project 44, JB Hunt. Redwood logistics. Yep. I mean, and that's just a 30 minute back to back segment. That's not even yeah. talking about the full <laughs> gamut of both days. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's awesome. I mean, sometimes when I take a step back, it's hard to do it right now, but even this format kind of allows me to start thinking in that manner. Cause I'm just so in it right now to, to start to take a step back and really appreciate what we're doing and pulling off it. It's, it's, it's inspiring to some degree. So No, I agree. And one of the reasons I came here was the marketing behind your events. I saw the website. I thought that was great, but I've, I visit a lot of logistics companies. You know, they can have a nice glossy site, but then you go there and it's a, it can be kind of a dump. I saw your marketing for the events and it was like, nobody's doing this. And I went to a marketing conference in Boston, one of the it's HubSpot's famous marketing conference they do every year. Yep. And you were the only people in this space doing anything even close to that and bring that to a logistics audience. Most events I'd been to were very... Kind of blasé. There were those yeah, panels. They're, they're, they're stale. Same speakers every time. Same topics every time. You know, and, and if there were topics, it wasn't kind of outside the box thinking. And mm -hmm. it wasn't having speakers like David Rowan from Wired. It wasn't yeah. having a Gary V come in and speak. It wasn't having a Ben Menzerich come in who's going to be a keynote at this one. Yep. Jordan so Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, my God. So let's talk about the main stages real quick. What do people have in store for them at the event? We talked about the live stage. It's going to be awesome. Tune into that on the live stream. But on yeah. the main stage, especially if you're oh, there. Oh, man. I mean, I, where do I even begin with the main stage? I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm really excited about, well, I look at the the main stage in, in Chicago as kind of FreightWaves TV's coming out party. There's a yeah. lot that's going to be out there on the live set and on the big stage. Emily's going to be kicking things off. I'm really excited for her for that opportunity. We'll be revealing Sonar 5.0. On the first day, you know how we roll with that. That's going to be awesome. Overview of the future of freight waves. We'll be shedding light on where we're taking our company. And, you know, Craig and some of the divisional heads will be speaking about where we're going as a as an organization. I think there's some really cool stuff that we'll be announcing and launching at the event. So definitely be there for that. And that's just our stuff. I haven't even talked about Jordan Belfort and the Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Shelly Simpson's going to be on stage. Uh, I think what she's going to do is something really dynamic. You got Howard Green. You got, uh, we got four industry keynotes, including Shelly, Mark Rourke from Schneider. And I don't think if people know this, but we don't outsource these conferences. It's No, we insource at all. I mean, other than the actual, what I'd say is technological equipment production, we do everything ourselves, including registration. Heck, we even serve food when we're in Atlanta. Yeah. So... And the, well, and so I wanted to bring up the Freytech 100 because we've been doing yeah. a lot of planning. How do we want to present it? There's so many different people to honor, and there's and you also have to think about all of the the companies and, and the personalities involved. Oh, yeah. And 
Nobody wants to be left out. And we've already heard people complain. People have complained online. Why didn't I get nominated? It's self-nomination. <laughs> it's self-nomination, exactly. <laughs> Fire your marketing guy. Yeah, literally, it takes 10 seconds to nominate yourself or maybe a minute to get someone to nominate you. It's that simple. Now, we can't give away all of the secrets of what's going to happen because that's a big surprise. Well, we don't event. know. I think the other cool thing about <laughs> the award is we don't know. Yeah. KS, the Cat Sapper Miller arrives. They send two people from different parts of the country with briefcases and sealed envelopes. We don't know the results until they're revealed on stage. And from the planning I've heard, that it sounds like part NFL draft, part college football, AP poll yeah. event, all coming together in one to really just make it interesting, exciting, and cool. So you're not just listing off a bunch of names. You're really highlighting what these companies do and why Freight Tech is important, why they're important to Freight Tech. And there we go, why Freight Waves is important as a media asset to cover all of this stuff. Yep. Yeah, I'm really excited. Actually, the plan right now is Craig and I are actually going to talk live once we reveal the results and just kind of riff on our thoughts on on the results as we see them live on stage um so it's going to be fascinating to see who made the cut of the top 25 who got booted out who made it in who's in the top five who's out of the top five i'm really fascinated to see you know what's going to happen how opinions have changed from the voters you know that are participating and ultimately the award is a pure class of the industry recognizing itself based on its overarching opinion of several executives, academics, investors, whatnot. It's their opinion is, is the result of the award. Let's talk about the after parties, because one thing that I noticed, too, especially at Transparency 19, was people were sticking around and going to all these events. And I've been to previous logistics conferences where what happens is everybody can't wait for it to hit 5 o'clock. And then they either go off to the bar, they hang out with their own cronies. Nobody's really going to all the same places, and nobody's really meeting new people because they're just hanging out with the people they already know and haven't seen for a while. Yep. It doesn't foster great thought chambers. Yeah. But at Freightways Live in Atlanta, or it was called Transparency back then, you had people going to that JB Hunt after party, right? The JB Hunt 360 party. We had people at, uh, at the driving Porsches. I mean, what the <laughs> hell? Who brings Porsches Actually, to an event? Yeah, I mean, the parties, that, that's something we put a lot of time and energy into. I try to make it a mix of a networking evening. Obviously, it's JB Hunt's putting that on. We're just sort of executing it. But, you know, good food, decent music. Uh, we're definitely experimenting with some new things this time. Frankly, we're always doing that. I mean, that take putting you guys on site in Atlanta for the first time last year. That was an experiment. We were trying it for the first time, and now we're like doubling and tripling down on it because it was so successful. I, I love when we try new things like that at the event and it works out, and then we double down on it and do more, and then introduce some new stuff that we're trying for the first time as well. So Yeah, and I think it's cool. I mean, we started and we'll end with the live set, but... Freightcast is something we just launched too, which now we're up to 10 different podcasts and growing, bringing out these media assets. And uh, I got it together real quick because I knew the event was coming up. So I, yeah. I accelerated some per of these shows. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. So not only are you going to have Sonar 5.0, not only are you going to talk Freightwaves TV, we're going to be talking Freightcast and you're going to be talking to all of the thought leaders in the industry. You're going to be hearing from them and you're going to get to meet them not only on stage, but after the, at these after parties. One of the most important things about a conference is the flow and hearing new and interesting things. One of the coolest things happened at Transparency 19 wasn't just the keynotes. We've gone through some of those. So today's event is one you curated yourself. What are we going to be hearing? My pick is Noel Perry versus our own Sultan of Sonar, Zach Strickland, at Transparency 19 for the great debate, Is the Sky Falling? Wow. Amazing stuff. Roll the tape. So welcome to the great debate. Today we've got Noel and Zach. 
Please do not look at them based on their political bent on either side here. They could go one way or the other. I will be the referee. If I find that one of them has in fact violated, gone too far, won't shut up, they will hear. That will stop them and we'll move on. If, however, one of them actually does something remarkable, Zach does it three, four, five times every hour, they could entirely possibly hear the Ric Flair, absolutely possible, could hear the Nature Boy Ric Flair, woo, come out of my mouth. If that happens, we'll score a point. All right, here we go. Coin flip. We're not going to mess this up like the NFL seems to. It's a, it's a quarter. Noel will get the first chance if it's heads. Zach will get it if it's not heads or tails. Here it goes. Is this KSM certified? I'm not sure. No. Okay, it's not. It's heads. Noel, we're coming to you. Okay. The first well, question is the great debate. Is the sky falling? Is the sky falling? Well, forecasting is a very important business, so I think <laughs> I will. Strip for action. Oh, here. whoa, okay, whoa. Okay. Woo! Uh, oh. I've been forecasting recession for next year for five straight years, and this year I'm going to be right. <laughs> so that's, that's my opening argument, and the reason I, I say it is anybody can forecast a little bit more of the same thing for next year. My job and Zach's job is to make sure that you understand it could be different. And right now, next year could be quite different. Nice. Zach, right. is the sky falling? No. You want me to take your jacket, buddy? No, no, I'm good. Okay, okay. I'm a little cold <laughs> up here. No, the sky is not falling. Uh, we're, we're in a simply a different, a change of venue from last year. We're coming off of an incredibly hot freight market. Um, I, I, the volumes that we've seen over the last year have been similar to the ones last year. Uh, capacity is being added to the market as carriers are getting more revenue. It's, it's, you know, the economy itself is still very rolling. There's oil production's way up. That's always good for the economy. Uh, everything, employment levels are way high. We're, we're doing just fine. Uh, trucking rates have gone down to the levels they were two years ago. It's not a catastrophe. Well, given that we're um, here on ESPN 8, the Ocho, if, in fact, you're following along on your, on your app or on the Ocho, there is going to be scoring by round. So feel free to participate <laughs> in that. And then at the end here, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and, uh, and add up the score. So I want to get out of the way here and let you guys talk to one another. But I'm going to ask Noel now. So the sky is falling. Um, is there a particular part of the economy that is impacting the freight environment that gives you the greatest amount of willies. Yeah, well, if you look at history, uh, late in recoveries, and we are very late. This recovery is almost as old as I am, for crying out loud. Um, and uh, late in recoveries, the economy, early in, in recoveries, it likes freight, and late in recoveries, it likes services. I just flew in an airplane. It loves that kind of thing. It's time to go to Cancun rather than to buy a new car. And so what it says is, even if the economy stays strong, like that fool over there says it might, uh, <laughs> it will stay strong in a way that won't help us as much as it has over the last uh, 10 years. So I'm concerned in the short term that the freight economy itself is going to weaken, even though services and other things stay strong. Uh, and so I'm concerned about the second half of um, 19 for that reason. And if you look at the statistics in... Um, the first quarter, uh, the real side of the economy, the part that makes goods and uh, that makes goods, 
was not very strong. It was 1%. Uh, and so there's a little bit of a hint now that, uh, that this economy is going to turn from a favorable one to us to a less favorable one, unless you're in the medical business or the travel business. Oh, you just got that last part in there. Well done, Noel. All right. Um, do I have to call you Mr. Fool from now on, or you know, can I just go with Fool? So, Fool, rebuttal, comment about parts of the economy that you're Frady scared of? No, no, I'm not. I'm not very scared about anything boy. In the economy. So, <laughs> uh, with employment levels being high, retail sales still being relatively strong, and again, I'm not going to pretend to know the, the 400 years of history that, that Noel's been around for. Okay. Well, there goes working with Noel in the future. Thank you, Zach. Well done. So, go, go, going back in time is, is good to an extent for projecting the future, but you don't want to go back too far. If you look back five years, it's almost completely irrelevant in trying to predict what's going to happen over the next few months. Yes, there's seasonal patterns and various things that still reoccur every single year, but Right now, we're seeing a lot of change in dynamics of the market. We're, cha- we're seeing changes in dynamics of the economy with the tariff concerns and everybody pulling all this freight into the West Coast ports and Savannah blowing up. You've got a shift of how the market is operating. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just different, and carriers are adapting to it. There's always this big surging and recession. Things go forward, go back. It's not so much the fact that things are going to cool off It's how far they're going to cool off. And so far, looking at the data, nothing has been a big warning sign. To your own point, there's been a little bit of a signal that things are starting to cool off a little bit. It's not this big dramatic change of, you know, the GDP is not going to go negative in the next couple of quarters, more than likely. So I think things are going just fine. Noel? Anything back? I, well, I I'm go. in agreement. I, don't, I think the rest of this year is going to be for the U.S. economy, the, uh, the risks. And that's the important thing to remember. Like I said, it's easy to say the economy is going to keep doing what it's been doing. The question is, is it going to be unexpected in some way? Because you all know how to manage like you did yesterday. And the, in the short term, I agree with Zach, it could be better than we thought. Uh, GDP in the first quarter was better than most people thought. Um, And so 2019, I think, is going to be a fairly good year, particularly for the contract side of trucking because rates are still high. They're no longer going this way. They're going a little bit that way. Uh, But in terms of profitability, it should be a pretty good year. Uh, I'm more concerned about next year. So for the sixth consecutive year, Noel is going to predict a recession for next year, Zach. What's your, uh, what's your crystal ball telling you it looks like? I, I still, I try, to, I try to stay a little bit more near term. Uh, glass is a, half full guy. Yeah. I, okay. I like, and I'm not I like, talking about your beer either. Yeah. I like, I like to think about what I know. When you look that far into the future, the variables increase exponentially the further out you go. It's like predicting the weather. You know, the seven-day forecast is pretty worthless. Uh, I try to stay a little bit more tightly packed because you're not necessarily making a lot of decisions for 12 months from now. Now, the trucking companies out there did react strongly this year to their additional revenues and increased rates in their contract, and they did go out and order a bunch of new trucks and equipment. Now, over the last couple of months, we've watched the earnings reports come out, and almost every single one of them, I believe, except for, say, Knight Swift, 
added capacity to their networks. That's going to have a deflationary impact on trucking rates in general. Uh, this will also run its cycle, and they run a lot slower than, they, than most people want them to. We're used to getting our information so fast, things changing so rapidly, everybody thinks, now's the time, and then we knee-jerk into whatever we're doing, we're thinking about what we need to do, we're going to make all this money forever, things are always going to stay the same, and then about six months later, the dynamic has shifted a little bit. I think we are moving slowly into a cooler period where the bottom is, I'm not real sure, but I don't think it's going to trench out like a lot of people would want me to say, or <laughs> I don't think it's going to shoot way up like it did in 2017. 2018 was really, uh, it was left over from 2017 activity, not necessarily 2018 being a big All right, we got a filibuster, I'm throwing the flag right there, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm coming back over on this side. Uh, anybody's keeping score right there, that's minus a point right there. Uh, Noel, so what is a trap door or the, the, what is that canary in the mine shaft moment that's going to tell you that we are actually going to be potentially working towards it? Uh, is it? Is it going to be a tweet? Is it going to be a tariff? Is it going to be something else that starts with a T that uh, attacks that, that, that could potentially okay, turn I, the tide? Yeah, I've got three canaries in the, in the, uh, in the mine shaft. One of them is, is Italy. Uh, Italy could go bankrupt tomorrow uh, and lose its, um, its trust with the, with the European bank, and that, puts, uh, that would cause a banking crisis in Europe, and we would go down, not as bad as them, but somewhat there. China is the, other, is the really big canary in the, in the, uh, in the coal mine. Um, they lie about their statistics, but clearly they're on this kind of a path. And if they go into recession, they are the num number one economy in the world. We do too. And the final one is I'm looking at freight. Uh, it's cooled off this year. If it continues to cool off, then that says we're very late in the recovery. Got it. Thank you. Zach, canaries in the mine shaft for you or those trapdoors out there that uh, could cause us to go the opposite direction? I actually agree with Noel on this in terms of the geopolitical situation and the tariff impact has a huge, huge impact into the freight economy this year. Uh, but I think that the market has cooled differently than probably most would say. Uh, the length of hauls have shortened. A lot of the freight that's moving today is actually moving at a shorter distances. There are a lot of warehouse repositioning uh, based on all of the you know, intra-state, intra-region warehouse repositioning as it comes out of the port. Uh, but and I think that cooling itself, it'll lead to, it won't necessarily lead to any collapsing economic situations, uh, but that would be one thing that I would watch more closely is the freight, the freight movements in the market are changing. Uh, it's not necessarily meaning that things are getting that much worse, but they're, not, they're actually not that much better either. So that level set, year-over-year -year volume thing, is a little bit of a misnomer. Interesting. So... Let's go from the abstract to actually requiring that the two of you who will find no consequence if you get this right or wrong, let's try to find a way to get to some consequence. You're managing a profitable truckload carrier. I know that seems foreign to you, but let's go ahead and think about it. You're managing a truckload carrier that's profitable. Are you going to add capacity this year? Are you going to add capacity in your random fleet, your dedicated fleet, maybe try to copy a 360 box scenario? 
What's, what's going on in your head to say, how am I going to prepare for 2020? Oh, this is an easy one. So all you got to do is take the opposite position of the market. <laughs> so when things are going well, you sell. So you're going to get a high premium price or high value for your product. When things are going poorly, you do the opposite. So all those truck orders that happened last year inflated the prices on all this stuff. So you wait for the market to show the sign of the turning. We already know the market has turned differently. Now you just react to that. So now I'm So you want to be a lead dog, not one of the sheep. Say what? You want to lead, not be one of the exactly, sheep that's following. Exactly. Do the opposite. Boy. Old Dominion went out and expanded this, this past quarter. They're expanding right now because they can get higher value for their dollar. So they're ready for the next big surge. So when everybody's going to sell off their trucks or, or cancel their orders, they're going to be ready to move. Nice. <laughs> Noel, we're putting you in the corner office. We're giving you the pocketbook to either sure. expand, contract, stay the same. I what think, are you doing for 2020? I think I'm saying the same thing Jack said, Zach said, and, and this is what I tell all my, my, uh, my customers. This is the time to, put, to be putting cash in the bank, not spending it. And if anything, I would be shrinking capacity right now. And then very importantly, when the poop hits the fan and there's a recession, that's when I'm making my truck orders and expanding. And if we look at history, and history has some lessons to teach us, you'll find that the fleets make their big moves coming out of recession when everybody else is still in the bunker. So I say, at the peak, be conservative. At the bottom, be optimistic. Speaking of poop, Zach. <laughs> George is getting hostile. I'm Sorry. Savage. And when he lays it out there for you, what are you going to do? And I'm like, so so um, you're, you're, you're describing a, a great path to be the lead dog, not one of the followers along there. So how are you going to hedge your bets to make that work? Oh, in terms of next year. So yeah. in terms of 2020. 2020. Okay. So this year, I am waiting for any values that I see. There's going to be a mass panic somewhere that somebody's going to say, I need to get rid of all these trucks. Somewhere somebody's going to dump a bunch of rates. We also just know about freight futures that are coming out here or that are already out and ready to go. So you can actually do a little activity in the financial markets to take the opposite position of what is happening today because everybody has recency bias. And what I mean by that is you always value the near term a little bit more strongly than historical or the uh, or forward looking. So like I said before, everybody gets excited and get wrapped up in the moment and they think this is going to happen forever. We're always going to have higher rates. That's what carriers did last year. It's what shippers have done in the years past. They say, today's market is my model for the rest of existence. We know that we're going to cool off. We know that we're going to get hot at some point, but nobody really, all they do, they're prisoners of the moment and they react that way. So I'm essentially just waiting on all my good deals, waiting for these trucks to go on the market, et cetera. Thank you, sir. Zach has taken his poop and turned it into something potentially edible. Sure. You think he's right? Is he hedging the correct way? I think so. Uh, uh, right now, if I'm a carrier, I'm going long on contracts because the risk is this way. If I'm a shipper, I'm going short on contracts, and that there's the tension. Uh, if I'm looking at uh, equipment, I'm going short not, not, not long because of prospects of 
using that equipment the next two or three years are certainly not as good as they were last year or, or, or this year. And I'd like to add, add one thing. The best hedge is thinking. Um, right now we're in a fairly modest market that doesn't require us to do a lot today about change, and, and Zach's right about that. What we should have is plans of what we're going to do if there is a recession, or for that matter, what are we going to do if the market has a spurt this year? What am I going to do with pricing? And if you've thought about it beforehand, the probability of you recognizing it and doing something about it quick, quicker than your competition, goes way up. So that the best hedge is thinking. Because when the future changes, maybe you'll recognize it and the other guy won't. Wonderful. We've only got a couple of minutes. This has gone way, 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 way too fast. And oftentimes when people talk about how these things just fly by, I think about that the clock has really gone in slow motion to me, but I can't make that thing stop, and it's killing me. Hey, how come you're only talking to him? What? <laughs> how come you're only talking to him? All right, sorry. It's not fair. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the audience. All right, we've only got a couple of minutes left. You've got an unbelievable audience of folks who are willing to listen to a minute and a half of your genius to bring this to a close and demonstrate that one or the other of you is right. Zach, since Noel had the kickoff, here we are in the second half. You played the Bill Belichick rule. You deferred. You're now, you're now taking it. Tell me why you're right about this. You know you're right. What's, what's going what's gonna to make you feel so good about it? And afterwards, I'm going to ask you where you're putting your money in your portfolio. <laughs> All right. So the thing that I'm looking for right now <laughs> to know that I'm right is the fact that rates in the market are softening. They're going into a level set. The economy is still moving with mixed signals. There's nothing there that's telling us that things are going to go into a recession. It is moderate. It is not a polarizing idea. I don't know why all the time we have to go into this. This is the best or the worst situation. We're simply coming back into a more normal situation. We don't have 2018 every year. Uh, we don't have 2016 every year. This is more like a 2000. 14, 15 situation. So things are going to be a lot more smooth. Rates are moving in a flat direction. The freight market itself has been very flat. Unemployment rates are way down, so nobody's getting laid off yet. <laughs> and I just, there's not enough data out there that suggests that we're doing anything but staying relatively flat for the next couple of months. Thank you, Zach. Noel, the final word sure. will be yours. And I, I do have to, I do have to thank both of you. And I'm thank going to be doing the final scoring right now. And I got to tell you, it's coming down to the wire. No pressure, Noel. Okay, some people think Zach's right, and some people think he's wrong, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> if either of us had the answer, you would be on your knees in front of us, not just listening to us. And the whole point here, I'll go back to what I said about thinking. You want to hear different perspectives, and you've had the, uh, the luxury of hearing two perspectives over the last 25 minutes, and that's what you really need. So that when the future happens, you're the person who recognizes what this new future is before your competition does. So there's no single right answer in any forecast. If you believe it, you're, you know what? Uh, there are several answers, and you have to figure out what those answers mean to you. So when the, when the Lord reveals that future to us, you'll see it. Because I guarantee you, the rest of us are still looking back at what happened last month. <laughs> Thank you. And we are at the end of our time, so uh, Zach and Noel um, will unveil the answer to the
the winner of today's great debate at the same time as the Shipper of Choice Award is, uh, is revealed. But please join me in thanking both of these guys. Exciting stuff. Can't wait to see you guys at, at Freightways live in Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us today, Arlen. Thank you, Tim. Glad to be on here. Happy to come back anytime. See you in Chicago. And see you, too. Don't get left out from the Freight Tech event of the decade. Go to FreightWaves.com. Click on events. See you November 12th and 13th at the McCormick Center in Chicago at Freight Waves Live. If you want more podcasts like this, go to FreightWaves.com slash podcast. You can find this show, Freight Waves Live, and events podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts are heard around the world. But if you want to hear all of our shows in one feed, consolidate a full trailer load of freight. Now we have Freightcast. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, look up Freightcast. Subscribe. You will get everything we do. If you want to hear more from me, follow me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner or look me up on LinkedIn. See y'all in Chicago.